0: Hey, everybody. Doug here, one of the host, producers, and creators of the Genre of Your Life podcast, bringing you a bonus review episode this week. On this week's bonus episode, I'm going to be reviewing Marvel Studios' new movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, as well as Amazon Prime's new show, Jury Duty, which I highly, highly recommend. If you're new to the show, welcome. We host a weekly podcast called the Genre of Your Life every Friday, show all about movies, TV, and why we love entertainment. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever we you get your podcasts. Uh, don't forget to review, uh, rate, and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. It helps show it tremendously. And as always, thank you so much for your support. So, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 has finally hit theaters. It's the new entry in the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And you know what? For some context, um, I am a big, big fan of the first Guardians of the Galaxy. It's one of my probably top five MCU movies. Um, you know... Um, for some context, I went to an early screening of this movie back in 2014 IMAX with some of my best friends. Uh, we were in high school, and you know this movie was kind of like very different from Marvel because they already had the Avengers, they had Iron Man, they had, they had uh, Captain America, uh, Thor. Um, this was kind of obvious yeah, it was like post Avengers, uh, post Captain America: Winter Soldier, and then this new movie called Guardians of the Galaxy coming out, and no one knew what the hell this was. And I remember in, being in theaters with the trailers going on. I'm like what is this? And I knew who Chris Pratt was from, you know, uh, Parks and Rec and uh, Moneyball and uh, Zero Dark Thirty. But I was like, huh, he's gonna be a superhero. Interesting. And I knew that they had a talking raccoon and, attack, and a talking tree. And I was like, what is this? And a lot of my friends were like, this is gonna be weird. And I don't know what to expect, because we, th- these weren't like household names. They weren't like Iron Man or Thor or Spider-Man. I was like, this is kind of weird. And I was very skeptical at first because I was like, I don't know if this is going to work or not. And the director, James Gunn, I was like, oh, he's done some things I've seen before that I'm not the biggest fan of, me personally speaking. But, oh, yeah, he wrote Scooby-Doo, that's right, or, or Scooby-Doo 2 and some other movies, some really low-budget low, low budget independent films. So I'm like, all right, well, we'll see what happens. And I remember going to an IMAX screening, I want to say a month or two before the movie came out with some friends. And the line for this thing was huge because it was an IMAX in downtown Chicago, Navy Pier IMAX, which is unfortunately now closed um and we were all kind of like all right we're kind of skeptical but we're you know optimistic and i remember i was like oh, what's this gonna be like and we all sat down this again huge imax theater we're kind of like what's this gonna be who knows there was no reviews for this movie yeah we, we were one of the first audiences seeing this movie and movie starts i was like, okay the movie literally won me over in the first 10 minutes when you see chris pratt a star lord uh playing his little walkman to uh come get your love by uh, redbone and I think it's Redbone. Um, and it was just like, oh, this is very different. This isn't this isn't Aven- this isn't Avengers. This isn't uh you know, Captain America, this isn't Thor, this isn't Iron Man. And I was like, okay, I I I like this. Um, yeah, it, it was Redbone. Um, and you know, it's very refreshing to see something new again you know, at that time, like, okay, oh, yeah, this is not the typical superhero movie. I mean, in a ways it was, but the first ten minutes when you see him dancing to come and get your love by Redbone, I was like, Okay, I'm into this. And then you watch more of it, you're like, wow, that's Vin Diesel voicing a you know, talking eight, eight foot, what, eight, 12 foot tree. Um, that's Bradley Cooper, who I'm, I'm a huge fan of, one of my favorite actors. If you ask me, uh, i this kind of like, you know, like this like weird and very angry raccoon who thinks he's better than everyone else. So I was like, this is so weird, but I'm loving it. And the movie ends and my friends and I were like, this was hilarious. It was so funny. It had so much heart, had a great soundtrack. You know, I knew who Batista was. Prior, as a wrestler, I didn't know him as an actor, but he won me over. I think he's always is a great actress. I mean, she's like the franchise queen with Avatar, Marvel, and Star Trek. She knows how to like pick her movies very, very wisely. So, it won us over, but we couldn't talk about it because it was like, hey, listen, guys, the movies that come out in another month or two, don't say anything about it. But you know, when you're young kids, you're kind of like, I can't wait to tell everyone about this movie like oh my gosh I'm going to twitter this movie's great and I remember I remember talking to people like you got to see this movie you got to see this movie I, I was trying not to really spoil anything for them but I was like you got to see this movie to my parents it had a great soundtrack you got to see this movie it's amazing um and I felt bad if, if, I, if I if I ever hyped it for some people I felt bad because I really did like this movie a lot and it was fun seeing it before like the hype of that movie came out but I was just so in awe of this movie I was like wow this was so different but it was so funny it was so charming it was a different kind of Marvel movie and I was like, "Wow, this works so many ways!" And I remember people talking to me like, "That's the one with the talking tree and the talking raccoon." And I was, and the guy from Parks and Rec. And I said, "Yeah, but wait, just give it a chance. Give it a chance. You're gonna like this movie a lot." And I'm glad that people I told. Before it came out, they came out when they saw it, when that movie came out eventually. They're like, This was great. And I am talking with my parents. They're like, Oh, this was so much fun. This was so, this was so funny. This was so charming. It's so much hard. Had a great soundtrack. And I was like, Okay, people that I kind of surround myself with love this movie too, which made me very happy because it was kind of fun knowing like what this movie was before it came out to the public audience, you know, a month or two later. So I have a very special place in my heart for that movie just because of being part of that experience. And again, I just still in my top five, maybe top 10 MCU movies of all time. Uh, but volume two you know volume two has its moments i remember when it first came out i remember liking it a lot but it didn't sit well with me for some reason and i remember I watched it like again a months after it came out in 2017 and i was like yeah this wasn't holding up as well as i thought and i saw it again a year later uh, when we watched some like marvel marathon with some friends and i was like yeah this doesn't to really hold up as well i like like all the actors i love as an actor he's one of my favorite actors too uh good casting is you know uh chris pratt star lord's dad but to me it just felt like it was too jokey like every scene was a joke and the first one had a lot of jokes but they were able to manage both the jokes and heart and charm very more effectively if you ask me so i was like okay the soundtrack wasn't as good it was still catchy like the the song uh the chain from Fleetwood mac and uh jay and the american so i have a song um uh, father and song has the song has called father and son is very uh touching in that movie but i felt like the quality went down a bit also now everyone knows these characters now they're not kind of like this like oh like who are the guardians like this was like everyone knew who they were now because it's been three years since the first moon so it did feel a special still has good scenes here and that like i say kurt is a really good actor but as a villain i was like oh, he, was a, he was an okay villain i mean i think like they could have done more with him personally but I watched it game maybe a month or two ago, and I was like, "Yeah, it's it's shot really well, and it's filmed really well. It's good acting, great acting, but a lot of the jokes don't really hold up as much anymore." And I thought it was just very, just too jokey compared to the first movie. So I was like, "All right," and you know, I I love what the Russo brothers did with them and Avengers and Avengers, uh, Infinity War, End Endgame. I thought they were I thought they were handled great. You know, these, these were James Gunn's characters, but the Russos took them over for the last two Avengers movies, and I thought they did really good with them, especially Infinity War, when you, you put them in with, you know, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man, and then you put them in with Thor, and then they were managed really well again in Endgame when they brought everyone back, so I was like, okay, they were managed very well in the Avengers movies, too, and I was very excited to see this kind of, like, kind of crossover between, because they felt so far away, because, you know, one was one was a these guardians are are cosmic warriors, and then you have the Avengers, were you know, Planet Earth and uh, elsewhere, um, yeah, superheroes in, in, around the Earth and uh, uh, places like that. So I like, okay. This is cool. They crossed over really well. They were they were handled greatly by these great filmmakers and these great writers from Avengers, Infinity War, Endgame, and you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of Lord, Love, Thor Love and Thunder. I like with Waititi a lot, but his Thor movies to me don't really work personally for me. Um, so I thought that our intro to Thor 11 double was hilarious. How they were kind of like fighting with Thor and like some of the jokes were handled pretty well with, uh, from Taika and that, and that group. So I liked the, I like them being utilized a lot outside the event, outside of the guardians movies as well. So it worked for sure. So guardians three, I was like, Hey, this is James Gunn's last movie. And also again, I'm a big James Gunn fan, but I did not like his suicide squad personally. I thought it was very, it was too weird for me. Great action. Again, great action. Great, great, um, uh good acting as well but it was kind of too weird for me and as you probably heard in the other in the episodes of the podcast i'm a big defender and a big big appreciator of um david Ayer's suicide squad in 2016 i know that movie people despise that movie i know that people think that james Gunn one is superior to it and i can't argue with them on certain levels but preference wise i still prefer david Ayer's 2016 version i know hot take but I really do like the movie a lot more. And I do think that he, David Ayer, who I'm a big fan of, a filmmaker as well, was robbed of his cut. And he's been very vocal about it in multiple different platforms, interviews, that the studio took his movie after after Deadpool came out. And after the failure, not failure, the critical failure of Batman v Superman 2016, Warner Brothers went, oh, we want this movie to be more like, like Guardians and Deadpool. And that wasn't what the Suicide Squad was in David Ayer's version of um, originally, so... Warner Brothers hired this trailer editing team to come in and reshoot a bunch of stuff and edit a lot of more stuff that wasn't his original vision. A lot more humor, a lot more like needle drops, a lot more soundtrack songs. And like I said, David Ayer was been very vocal saying, that wasn't my cut. I, the, movie, the movie was taken away from me. And it's a studio's movie. They, they knew whatever the hell they want. But this was 2016's, the era of like studios not trusting their filmmakers. And this kind of showed that David Ayer was not kind of given his fair chance. But anyway, off the... Off the, off the point, but I do think, again, I was not a biggest fan of uh, Suicide Squad, James Gunn's version, and I thought Peacemaker was fun for what it was. I, it got a good violence, got a, of, got a lot of good adult humor, which I thought was really funny, but still didn't love it. Liked it, but didn't love it. Same with Suicide Squad, his version. Didn't love it. I thought it was okay. Like, he had his moments, but I didn't really love it, so Guardians 3, I was kind of like, you got, I'm a James Gunn fan. He's coming back to end his trilogy before he's, you know, you know, as, as you know, he's probably, he's the, he's the head of, he's the... Uh, co-chairman he's the ceo of uh, dc movies now warner brothers so he's now moving on from marvel this was his last hurrah i heard going in it's very emotional this movie's very emotional it's very sad it's it's very uh, cathartic in times and i'll tell you what i really 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 dug guardians of the galaxy volume three i think it's a huge improvement over the first over the second not as good as the first but very close there with me i think the action is fantastic i think the writing is really great um the soundtrack is awesome, way better than Volume Two, if you ask me. Um, it works on so many levels. Um, I think the uh, you know this is post Avengers, this is post the last few movies that they were in, and it's very fun to see them back, kind of being the Guardians again, solo, uh, you know, together as a team. And I just, I, you know, I had a really fun time with it, but I did have flaws with it. And them out of the way first, um, you know, the actor I. I'm forgetting his name, and I—he was in Peacemakers and other things too. He's a phenomenal actor, great performer. I think he was doing great as the villain. However, I think the villain of the movie itself was kind of under, under underwhelming and kind of weak. Personally, not spoilers. Guardians three kind of takes place again post Avengers. They're kind of now like this, they're 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 together, but you know you know Gamora, as we all know, spoilers for Avengers Infinity War, guys. It's been it's been five years. You know, Gamora is now the Gamora that they knew is gone. She was killed by Thanos. Get the Infinity, the Infinity Stones. So the Gamora that they know is gone. She's the the new the Gamora that's now in current time is you know she's out of the picture. She's she doesn't know who they are. She has no connection to them whatsoever. They're she's kind of like a new kind of like a brainwashed version of this of Gamora. So they're all kind of like they're not they're the Guardians, but they're not like the same team that they were. Pre Avengers Infinity War, the first two Guardians. So it's a different, it's, they're kind of broken in a way. But, you know, Rocket is, they're tr- so the story is about tr- trying to save their friend Rocket, the raccoon, who's my, fa- my favorite character of the Guardians, if you're asking me. And so the villain has a tie, the villain has a tie, um it's no spoilers, right? Trying to not spoil this movie as much as I can. Um, uh, the villain has a tie into Rocket's backstory. And so they have to go, you know, save Rocket. And I thought that was a very great setup. Just the villain to me, the villain works for them because the villain the villain is a more kind of like, it's a more um, Guardian-centric, Guardian-centered villain. And that works for sure. But to me, I've seen, I think I've seen better villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and also in other Marvel movies where I was like, okay, I, don't, I, I understand like the threat, but I didn't feel, I didn't find the, I didn't find the villain threatening or menacing as much. And a lot of people I'm hearing from, like, whether on Rotten Tomatoes or other podcasts, saying, no, no, the villain's great, he works great, like, he's menacing. I'm like, no, the performance is great, the performance is very great. Actors doing a phenomenal job. I just feel like the this, the the villain itself was not like, okay, I didn't feel the threat from him whatsoever. I mean, again, I'm not part of the Guardians, but maybe that was kind of the point of, like, it was more of a threat to them and to Rocket. So I was like, yeah it didn't really work for me personally still a great performance, great great actor, but I wish they could have maybe done more with the actor, or had more of a more of a, more of sorry, more, done more with the villain, or done more had a villain that's had kind of like more of a threat because I don't really feel the threat personally. when I was watching this movie, and also I do think um, Will Poulter, who plays Adam Warlock, he was kind of teased in uh, End of Guardians Volume Two, the post-credit scene, like oh he's the gold people, were like oh he's coming, Adam's coming, whatever. And honestly, great actor. And he was like, oh, yeah, he went through so much training and so much, like, you know, muscle work he had to get fit for this role. And honestly, he's kind of, again, he's kind of barely in it. I mean, he's in it to a degree, but it kind of feels pointless that he's in this movie. I was like, when the movie's kind of done, I was like, what was his part of it? What was his point to be in this movie? It just felt like they kind of crowbarred him in because they mentioned him in volume two, and this was like the end of the trilogy, whatever. So I was like, I understand why you had to have him in, but it didn't really make sense for him to be there because he didn't really do much. And I do think he's one of those characters that kind of got dumbed down, like kind of like uh, Korg, uh, I think Korg in the Thor movies. I just like, yeah, he's one of the characters that was there, but you kind of dumped him down a lot, and it's like it, it wasn't effective enough. So again, great actor. I mean, if they do more with him, cool. I, I'm I'm really open to see more of him as a character, but overall i was like yeah this was kind of pointless pointless for him to be being here when the movie ended i was like it was kind of kind of silly but those are my two main kind of uh issues with it i was like yeah those two didn't really work for me overall the movie i do think uh the two and a half two and a half hour movie and personally for me the pace went by fast i'm very big on now like pacing a movie like if it drags like okay let's get on with it all right this part again all right let's go hey okay, this thing again I never felt with this movie, and I felt that in a lot of, like, I felt that in Ant-Man, I felt that in um, Dr. Strange, I felt that in Shang-Chi, a uh, bit of Eternals, too. Um, I love No Way Home, I'm more biased, like, I'm a big Spider-Man fan, and, that, and the pacing of that movie is perfect, um, but I do think the pacing in this, to me, worked great, I didn't feel like it dragged a bit, I don't feel like, oh, I mean, even with of Forever a little bit, I do think it dragged in some parts, but... The movie had to be long to kind of tell the story that, that they're trying to tell. So I, I understand their their reasoning for it. But with this movie, I do feel the pacing was great. It was two and a half hours. I didn't feel it personally. The jokes were good. Jokes were very strong and they kept me, they kept me laughing. Um the action was great. The action was very, very, very crisp and very well uh, choreographed and well directed by James Gunn and his and his and his uh action and stunt team. So I was like, wow, this movie's working so great. Cause I was very, I was kind of nervous. I'm like, oh, wait, this, this is the last one. I didn't like, I didn't like Suicide Squad. I didn't really like Peacemaker as much. But I was very surprised that he ended with a bang. And it is emotional. You know, the poor, the poor girl next to me was sobbing. Oh, every sad scene that happens, the girl was sobbing, and like, I felt bad. Like she, she had like, no tissue. so I had like napkins from my popcorn, trying to give, trying to give her like napkins. Like, hey, this is for you. And she goes, thank you so much. And she was, she was very sweet. But like, she was very. A lot of people were, a lot of sniffles and crying. In the in the theater, I I, I was pretty emotional on some parts too. But it is a very sad, very dark movie. I will warn you if you again, it, I'm not it, I'm not a fan of animal abuse whatsoever. I don't think anyone's a fan of animal abuse. But if you're very sensitive to that sensitive to that subject, this movie is very tough. Because I'm like, wow, they're doing some things where I'm like, geez, this is very dark for a you know like kids movie, but a comic book movie for you know PG-13. And I was like, wow, they're they're going there. So. I will warn you if you're sensitive to animal to animal abuse. It's this is it's very there's some parts where you're like ooh like so four, you've been warned. Um, and there are some a lot of emotional moments between the characters and you know the the their kind of like relationship, uh, you know, also their backstory. So I was like wow this is working very well. Um, there are some scenes where I was like ah this is kind of this is kind of corny this is kind of silly but I, but I still laugh so I still laughed them it went still made me laugh so I'm with it. Um, and again I think all the performances whether it's from Dave Bautista who I think is a really good actor you know I do think you know I like The Rock and I like John Cena but I was kind of skeptical about athletes or you know people turned actors I do think I think I've seen improvement in all three John Cena uh, The Rock and uh, Dave Bautista but I will say I think out of all three of them Dave Bautista has shown me a lot of range recently as an actor whether it's in uh, later in 2049 or Knock at the Cabin or not even Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, wow. I'm seeing a lot. I'm a lot of range of it. Oh, even Doom too. Dune as well. So I was like, wow. Like I'm seeing a lot of range from from Batista. I was I was really impressed with him because he's really funny. And I do think in Volume Two, you know, Drax was a big Drax was a, was a kind of comedic comedic thing for every line. Because in the first one, he had funny moments, but it wasn't intentionally funny. It was kind of like he's kind of oblivious to things. Because that yeah, his character was kind of oblivious and like not too literal. So like, okay, it worked. In Volume Two, I felt like every line was a joke. And this one there are he a lot there are a lot of jokes in this as well but there are moments where he shines of like a, as an actor you're like wow this is why he's a great actor this is why he's kind of improving as an actor as a, you know he has his range now he's, he's learning he's growing he's improving too so i was like wow i'm very impressed with like his, his timing but also his his acting chops for sure um and again zoe saldana i think is great because again she's playing a different version of Gamora that we haven't seen kind of almost since the first guardian so to her she's playing like this person that has no tie to these characters whatsoever except for Nebula cuz she's the sister still and we saw her in you know we saw this version of Gamora in Endgame so it's for sure a different version of her that we haven't seen in a long time and again was again is the queen of franchises Star Trek that Marvel and Avatar she brings a lot of emotion a lot of kind of like she's good at playing rage really well I think you see a lot of rage in her and Avatar you see a lot of rage in her in this and char- Gamora and it works cuz I think she brings so much to the table where she kind of like uh, steals a lot of her scenes uh, whether it's with uh, the crew or by herself so it wor- again phenomenal actress it works uh, Karen Gillan who I, fir- I thought at first in the first Guardians and first Guardians 2 I was like okay she's kind of doing the the really brooding kind of like this voice all the time and I'm like okay it's getting a little old but I'll tell you what she really won me over both Infinity War and Endgame where I'm like wow she's, she, she's a big she's a big arc in Endgame especially and I was like, wow, I am one over. I think she she's proven me wrong. And I love being proven wrong in movies and shows and actors and performances. Um, so I was like, wow, she's bringing a lot to it too. Anyway, and, and this one especially, she definitely is bringing a lot of emotion and a lot of range to this one. And I do think it works very well because she really is a different part of the team because she kind of, she's kind of like – one is one who's been here since the beginning who was a villain at first now was you know part of the team Now was good and again it works on so many levels i was very impressed with karen gillen as an actress because she's a very like she's very like bringing this kind of this like controlled range but re- controlled rage because she's never really a happy character but you kind of see her let loose in this one i think which, 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 which is very fun and very very uh rewarding too um again chris pratt i love you know ever, ever since uh Ever since uh, uh, Parks and Rec and Moneyball, I think he just—he's he's very charming. He's, he's very likable. You see him in interviews; he's just very likable. He's very always jokey, but always kind of like you know truthful and right from the heart, which I really admire about him as an actor and as a person. And I think this is one of his best performances as Star Lord. I, I do think that. I really do think that he uh, uh, just brings so much to just like who he was as a character, you know, his backstory, why he's, do, you know, why, how far he's gotten here, you know, his broken, his broken backstory with his you know mom dying and his dad being evil is, he has so much trauma, but like he uses it very well because as a leader, he needs to like stay strong for the guardians and stay strong for, um, you know, himself as a, as a character. So it just, it just works. And I do think that Chris Pratt's getting better as an actor as well. Um, and he's, he's some of the funniest lines in this movie. And, you can just tell, like he, really, like, he really holds his team together, even though he's broken inside because of losing Gamora, his or his Gamora, so it's like, you know what, he has to really stay strong, he has to be focused, he has to do this, because he's determined, and I just think, he, I think every movie gets better and better, and this movie, it definitely shows that. Um, and you know what? And then two, I like hearing that Vin Diesel's back as a group, because, you know, it's... He's been Baby Groot, he's been Teenage Groot, but it's not really his voice. Since in the first Guardians, it was Vin Diesel. It was the very you know, the very brooding, like the very dark, deep voice. And in this, it it is you can tell it is Vin Diesel again. It's Vin Diesel's voice again. It's like okay, it's Tim. Like I said, I'm a huge Bradley Cooper fan. I love the act. I love him as an actor. Um, I love Rocket. One of my favorite characters of the, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this is Mar- this is definitely Rocket's movie. Rocket. This is I would say it's like almost like half Rocket's origin story slash. Sequel to Guard to Guardians One and Two, it's very it bounces both as a prequel to, to Rocket and but prequel uh, or origin to Rocket and a sequel to the Guardians movies. And this is really this is definitely his movie. But and I like that because we don't we knew some we knew about him in, in piece, bits and pieces in Volume One and Volume Two, but we really did not know like um, like where he came from and where his backstory is. I mean, we and got got it briefly, but. I do think that how it um, how it all comes together and this is very well done. Again, brought to James Gunn. I think he mentioned in an interview that the end game was always to like end end it with Rocket's story. Um, end it with Rocket's kind of like, hey, like you know, where did he come from? What, what what is his background? What is his Because We all know like you know, Drax lost his wife and da- wife and daughter. We 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 know about Nebula and Gamora because they were cause they were um, you know daughters of Thanos who were just abused and just you know put into war. We knew about Star Lord who lost his mom and that was evil, and and then Groot was kind of just like the Groot, he's just there. But I like that we kind of dug deep, kind we kind of dove deep into um, uh, Rocket's backstory, where he came from, and kind of see who he became as a character. And I said, huge Bradley Cooper fan. I do think Bradley Cooper deserves a lot of a lot of uh, recognition for his voice work. I think voice work is a very very uh, sometimes kind of like underappreciated uh, type of acting. And I think that in all, his mo- in all the movies that Brother Cooper's been as, as as Rocket, I think he just really kind of steals the show. And again, I'm a huge Brother Cooper fan. I, 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 I kind of forget that it's Brother Cooper sometimes voicing Rocket, because it's very, it's very well done. So like I said, I I enjoy this movie so much. Uh, again, it's a great, great soundtrack. Um, yeah, I'm a big Beastie, Bo- Beastie Boys fan. So it was cool seeing No Sleep Till Brooklyn on. Um, anyway, and I do like that... No spoilers, but you know this movie has an ending where I was like, I wasn't expecting it. I was like, oh, interesting. I like, I like that. It didn't go in the direction that I thought it was gonna go, which I like. I like being so, I like being kind of like, yeah, you think it's gonna go this way, but actually, no, not really. And I do like that. And I like that. It's, it's kind of refreshing because you know, a lot of like the Marvel movies, you're like, oh yeah, like, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen, this happens, this happens. Like, okay, yeah, surprise, surprise. But in this, it kind, it ends where like, it ends like, okay, I like that. It's different. It took a different direction than I thought it was going to go, and it was again refreshing. Um, but also, two two post-credit scenes, I will say. However, they're kind of pointless. If you want to stick with them, go ahead. And I'm not, not going to say what they are, but compared to other compared to other post-credit scenes in the Marvel movies, these two were really pointless. And I was like, I could have gone home and got in my car and gone home ten minutes earlier because I was like, ah, this was kind of pointless. So, if you want to stay with them. By all means, but if you ask me, um, yeah, it they're kind of pointless. And also, you know what? I, I want get, to also get point out to the CGI. I think Marvel's been getting a lot of crap for a lot of CGI in the past couple of movies and shows, uh, especially She-Hulk. She-Hulk, I mean, the person is like, it of like Shrek. Like Shrek, the, the original Shrek, how about like CGI? The animation is kind of like still becoming what it was that we, that we know today. Um, I do think in Ant-Man is very noticeable. Thor, yeah, I think Spider Man was pretty good with CGI. But also that's that's Sony, that's not really even Marvel. Um, so with this, I said I thought the CGI and uh, animation looks looked fantastic. Maybe a few scenes here and there were like okay, it's noticeable, but I did think the CGI on all the characters, especially Rocky and especially Groot, I think the CGI has been a huge improvement. I to be also to be fair, I know that a lot of these visual effects artists and companies are under overworked. They're they're like working. 12, 15-hour days, t- tight deadlines, you know, restricted deadlines from the studios and the producers. So but I'm trying to hold me on both sides. I think that it's that's kind of unfair to them because they're working to the bone to get these things done. So I, I do want to praise that. I think the CGI, this, to all the CGI artists and, uh, you know, visual effects artists and creators, bravo. I think this is one of your best works because this the CGI was a big improvement. And I hope that Marvel and, you know, it's Disney time, it kind of slows down and kind of like focus over quality over quantity because you Know in the first three phases of Marvel, I even think the first, yeah, the first phase of Marvel, the CGI looks way better than some of the movies that came out in the past year or two for Marvel. I'm like, it's and it's, and it's noticeable, especially in the TV shows, it's very noticeable. So, I hope that Marvel kind of focus shifts more on quality over quantity because they can take more time, they don't, they don't have to rush and you know, like stress out their visual effects team and crew to like get things done. Because, let artists be artists, you know, you, if you can't, you can't you can't rush an artist, you can't rush, you know, certain people because, again, I know you have deadlines, but it shows when you give visual effects artists an hour compared to a month. And it, it definitely shows. So I do think the CGI in this movie was fantastic. It was a huge improvement over some of the other Marvel stuff. So again, bravo to them. And yeah, and again, it's probably all over the news too. It's It was kind of fun seeing, uh, uh, uh Mar- this is the first f-bomb in the marvel cinematic universe because i think you know because of disney they gotta be careful with the brand i get it i get it but um and it, it was fun that like this was the first f-bomb that we heard in the marvel movie in the in a marvel movie in the disney cinematic you know marvel cinematic universe so again bravo to uh, bravo to um to them as well it was, it, was, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun uh hearing that uh, so yeah, guys, I recommend seeing this in IMAX. I saw it in IMAX. Uh, James Gunn shot it in the full, not the full IMAX ratio, but the uh, the the 190 ratio, what one nine O ratio, which is kind of the standard, typical IMAX. A one four three is kind of like how how uh, Christopher Nolan shoots his movies or how Jordan Peele shot Nope uh, uh, in IMAX. Like so film with IMAX IMAX film cameras, you'll see in the one four three the full top to floor uh, ceiling to floor uh, ratio. But this was some that 190, which is the big, which is the larger premium format. Uh, a, lot of are, a lot of movies are being filmed in now. So I would recommend seeing it in, in IMAX. I know it's a bit pricier. I love seeing movies in IMAX no matter what it is, whether it's a Marvel movie, Christopher Nolan, Jordan Peele, or whatever. If, if it's shot an IMAX to a degree, I'm there, I'm seeing it. So I would definitely recommend seeing this in theaters, but also seeing it in IMAX. And with that, I'm going to give it an uh, 8 out of 10. I can't wait to see it again. Because, again, I, have, I had so much fun with this movie. Um, again, Great soundtrack. A lot of fun great 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 camera work from James Gunn and a cinematographer um and it was just a lot of it was fun it's why it's why we love Marvel And I do think that I personally felt this way of like I'm kind of Marvel down kind of superhero fatigue uh fatigued so I was like okay I'm kind of over this but it, it was refreshing to see this movie that well wow, I had a great time with again I didn't like Ant-Man I didn't really care for Doctor Strange I didn't really care for Thor Love and Thunder I didn't care for Internals except for maybe Post Endgame, I do think maybe uh, far, Spider-Man: Far From Home, No Way Home, and um, uh, Wakanda Forever are the, probably the best Marvel projects in the past. What three to four years? So uh, it's it's definitely worth seeing in theaters, seeing in IMAX. If I if if, if, if I were you, seeing in IMAX for sure. And enjoy, it's, it's a fun summer blockbuster. This is the first summer blockbuster of 2023. Go have fun, enjoy. It. it is the last it is the last gardens in this trilogy, probably for a while if not ever. So. Check it out. I had a lot of fun with it. It's, it's it's sad to see James Gunn go as a filmmaker from Marvel, but I think he's going to be doing great things at DC. So we'll see. All righty. On to our next review of the bonus episode, which is Amazon Prime or slash Amazon Freebie. Freebie is kind of like the free version of Amazon Prime, but just, it's, it's all on Amazon Prime. Uh, show called Jury Duty. Jury Duty to me, I knew I heard about it through my Friends and social media and then uh, my girlfriend said, Hey, we should we should check out the show called Jury Duty. I'm like, Oh yeah, I heard about it. But I was like, What is it really? It's, it's kinda of like a kinda of like a Truman show kind of thing. And I was like, Okay, I, yeah, I love Truman show, it might probably get the top five movies of all time for me. But I was like, All right, we'll see how it goes. It was the writers some of the writers of The Office and the producers of the show a movie called Bad Trip, which is on on Netflix. So I was like, Oh, is this going one of those prank shows like Punked. But no, there's way more to it. I absolutely love this show. I can't recommend this enough. Um, the premise is um, in California, uh, you could be you can volunteer to be on you can volunteer to be on a jury. And there was a Craigslist ad of saying, "Hey, we're looking to shoot this documentary about the American uh, you know, jury system um, in California." And they put up the Craigslist ad, and they had like over three thousand like people to be on this. You're going to be filmed on this on the documentary about. Uh, Be on a be on a jury in an American um like like, uh, during a uh, American trial whatever. So it was like all about that, and it was a it was a fake ad, and they interviewed over like yeah three thousand maybe two thousand people, and this one guy got the job, got the got the gig. And however, everyone else everyone around him are all actors. So (laughs) it's a fake it's a fake case it's a fake trial, fake defendant fake everything fake um victim fake uh every, defended literally everything a fake jury fake judge the fake crew basically fake ba- fake bail uh, uh bailiff fake cops it was like it's literally it's, it's it is Truman show basically everyone but this one guy named Ronald and kind of everyday guy lives in California he interviewed it he, he got the gig um and the thing And uh, again everyone's actors and the thing that kind of stands out the most is that also James Marsden you know who's been in enchanted and um and Oh my gosh! A song "The Hedgehog" and a movie called "Sex Drive," and oh man, everything. He's been so much uh, X Men. Yeah, he's been in so many things. So it was like, wow, he, he was he's ended up playing himself. Hairspray. Um, he's been he's been in so much stuff. Uh, Westworld. Uh, he's been in so many things where he's playing himself. He's kind of playing like a douchier version of himself. But like again, everyone's acting the part except for this one guy named Ronald. And the trial kind of goes, the first few episodes kind of go out of hand. So they're sequestered for four to five weeks. No phones, nothing, no connection to the outside world. they are put in this hotel and, um, near universal, uh, studios in, uh, in LA. Um, and he has no idea. And every episode, something crazier and crazier happens. And people do weird things and people say, people say weird stuff. And, People act, people act out of line, and the jury, the, the trial gets weirder and weirder. It makes no sense. And like he's put on the spot to be like uh, the speaker of the jury, whatever that is. Um, he's put on the spot to like kind of lead the jury, whatever. And the entire time, he has no idea this is fake. I tell you, you know, I, I love the Truman Show. This show is hilarious. They have some great comedic writers, you know, kind of writing writing up the um, like the premise and what's going to happen in each, in each episode and like behind the scenes. And these actors, you know, a lot of them are all unknown, kind of just like, you know, actors who are just trying to make a living in L.A. And wow, like it, they, they, everyone does a great job playing like the normal everyday person. Um, and it, it just works. It works a lot. And like I said, it, every episode gets crazier and crazier and crazier. And wow, I just, I think it's hilarious. It's, it's, it's eight episodes, uh, half, half hour episodes tops. It, they're really quick. Is it two of the right to the main kind of writers are we're, were, were staff head writers on the office um and it's so funny because all these actors are kind of just they're just they're kind of, kind of like a lot of, kind of like a long improv session for them because they're all of them are reacting off of him kind of setting up the thing and they're, they're gonna react off of this guy ronald who's the only non-actor there and it's so funny it's so funny because it's really absurd you're like how how is he not how is he not catching on like, this is kind of weird how is this how is this real and he just goes with it every episode. He goes, oh, it is what this, this thing happens. This person did what? This person said this kind of thing. And it works. And it gets, it gets crazier and crazier. But man, this was a fun show. It was a fun show because it wasn't punked. It wasn't like Jackass. It wasn't like the show. Bad, it, was like, it was like the Bad Trip movie. Or, or was it Bad Grandpa as well? Or, yeah, Bad Grandpa, whatever it is. Um, and it just works. It's really funny. And one thing that really works too is that the, the non-actor, the main guy, Ronald, he's, he's so likable. And he's so nice. He's like, he's an everyday man. He's just, it's a very, very sweet, very humble, very nice. Like, they're there for a good time, not a long time. Just wants to hang out with all the, all the, all the, all the people in his jury. Wants we'll to hang out with all, like, the people. And he's around in the hotel. He's so sweet. He's very, very positive, very, like, does a lot of things phase him? Yeah, he's he's shocked by a lot of things for sure. He's like oh, he's his shocked and he's he's, he's reacting to, he's reacting to a lot of stuff. That's like oh my gosh, why is this happening? But he's so nice. He's so he's so like polite to everyone. He's very nice. He's like getting yeah, a really just a good dude, and it, it's just fun seeing this really nice good dude. Just kind of put through some stuff every week, and I was very impressed with it. It's very fun. Like I said, it's on Amazon Prime. Give it a watch if you want something really lighthearted and fun and. Nothing too serious. Nothing kind of too like you know. Uh, Nothing too kind of just like out of, out of this out of pocket whatever. It's it's such a fun show. So I really recommend it. I, I'm having my my parents watching. I have some of my friends. I wh- who I saw last week. They're watching it now. They're loving it. So it, it's just fun seeing people's reaction. Like oh my gosh, came me that episode. This happens. Again, super quick episodes, eight episode series. It's fun. It's so much fun. And I hope that like I'm not gonna probably see another season of the show, but. I hope more shows can like be this fun because after a while, you know, I like seeing like you know heavy shows and like dramatic shows, but it's just fun to laugh once in a while with kind of like people's reactions, kind of just like I don't know, just like not, not, not kind of like uh, not like uh, ridiculousness or American uh, funniest videos. It's just it's just fun seeing this. It was a very good concept, very well executed. I was very impressed with because Everyone did not break character. Everyone kind of stuck there, and I, I was very impressed with everyone just kind of just like going along with this gag. So worth a watch it's called jury duty it's on uh, amazon prime amazon freebie which is on on, on amazon prime uh to get it with ads unfortunately but give it a watch you know don't worry about the ads ads are just there but it's it's very very funny um check it out so yeah guys that's gonna be my quick bonus episode this week i hope you enjoyed hope you uh are big guardians of the galaxy fans like i am especially guardians of the galaxy one and three um you support the movies you know the movies this is going to be another summer of you know the blockbusters are back you know i think last year we have you know top gun maverick was a big hit uh nope and a lot of a lot of the marvel movies came back and stuff like elvis did really well bullet train minions a lot of animation Jurassic park was last year too Jurassic world sorry was last year as well so go to the movies this summer i think we've got a lot coming up we're think our next episode of the genre of your life is going to be about our most anticipated movies of 2023 summer wise or summer edition actually and we got stuff like the flash and mission impossible and oppenheimer and barbie um coming out fast and furious i know i'm a, I'm a huge fast and furious fan so i'm i'm pumped for that movie regardless uh so yeah go go to the movies summer have fun i know like a lot of movies too do like five dollar tuesdays uh or discount on tickets or go to a matinee um i would go to imax again i said it earlier, a few minutes ago, movies and films, not IMAX. I'm going to be there, say less. Um, so go to the movies. It's, fu- it's fun. I, I can't wait to see a lot of things this summer. Uh, I got my little watch list ready to watch a lot of things this summer, you know, whether it's Flash or Fast, Fast and Furious, or Oppenheimer and Barbie. It's going to be a good summer of movie. So uh, I hope you have a great summer 23 movie season as well. Um, as always, guys, if you want to find the show on social media, you can find us at Midway Avenue Productions on Instagram and TikTok. I've been trying to grow the TikTok a lot more with like, out of theater reaction and quick video reviews trying to market the show and uh we, we website that, I've, that that we haven't really kind of been working on as much but it's there it's at uh, www.maywehaveanyproductions.com um as always you, know, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Amazon Music or your favorite podcast platform of choice As mentioned, uh, if you can review, follow, write the show, it helps us out tremendously. You know, we've been getting a lot of, we're trying to grow the show a lot more this summer is kind of the goal, but, you know, your support means the world to us, whether you are following us, liking us, leave a review, leave a rating. Again, good or bad, we'll take it. Um, It helps helps us out, helps the show out tremendously. And as always, guys, thank you so much for for your support. And until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, guys.